So the message is all year long, or God said it. Uh, God said it. We have the Word of God. Uh, we are reading through the Word of God as the, as, as the gathering together. Uh, over 100 folks have signed up on the Bible Project app to uh, read through the Bible from January to December in 2022. Nick was pretty, I noticed last week, Nick was pretty confessional when he said he, he's way behind, right? Did y'all hear him say that? He said he's way behind. Uh, I have to stay caught up because I'm writing, gathering in the Word every day, <laughs> right, from, from that, that, that reading. And so, so on Sundays, whatever passage falls on Sunday, that's what we're preaching. And I had a great question this week um, uh, in, in line with that, sort of asking, well, how... how how does the congregation, people here one week, uh, maybe not here the next week, how does it tie together? How, how, do they, how, are, how are we as the body seeing uh, the Word of God sort of uh, tying together throughout the year? So I put together a little bit of a, uh, uh, an introductory kind of uh, point list. Uh, first of all, we're preaching God said it. Uh, all of creation is God's spoken word. God spoke it into existence. God said, let there be light. There's light, right? We have God's written word. This is the word of God. Uh, you'll hear a lot of different kind of folks say, well, it contains the word of God or, or in, it we, in it we find God speaking. No, I, this is the word of God. Genesis to Revelation. It's all, it, it, this is all God's word. Uh, we, we read it we, we allow God to, to shine, illuminate it to our hearts and minds and lives, and we're not allowed to edit it, okay? Uh, it is translated from Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, and we can trust it, all right? We also have God's living word, which is Jesus. Jesus uh, is the, the, the Father, you know, when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he says, all right, so we've got his living word, um, now we're into Judges. We're going to have one Sunday in Judges, uh, uh, which is good for you. Because Judges is, is a pretty serious and, and, and hammering kind of book. All right? Uh, here's what happens. I'm going to give you sort of the outline. We, we moved from creation to fall, right? From fall, we, we really didn't spend any time on the flood thing because we jumped right to covenant god established a covenant with abraham so you got a couple family which became a people uh, uh 70 of them went into egypt uh, somewhere between two and six million of them came out of egypt and then during the wandering periods in midian in the desert and all those kind of places god developed them into a nation with an identity of god being their god uh, this is who we are this is how we worship. This is what we look like. And then he takes them to the edge of the Jordan. Moses dies. Joshua leads them in. We see the book of Joshua. We, we spent last week in Joshua. And the idea that, that, that God was going before them to fight their battles. So now we're in that place where they, they are a nation. Uh, they have a land. And yet there's a theme in Judges that is tragic. You don't see it until you get to Judges 17, 6, and it says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. 
But if you back up to the beginning, and it's, this is, this, you see it all right there. So Judges 6, 1, which is the, the beginning of the chapter we're going to be in today, it point blank says the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So can we connect those things a minute? If you do what is right in your own eyes without regard for what God has called you to or expected you to, that's evil in the sight of God. We live in a culture and at a time in history where most people I run into are living for themselves. Most people are just serving out their own uh, entertainments and pleasures. Well, I'll do what I want to. I don't care what the Bible says. I'll act like I want to. I don't care what God expects. I'll be whoever I want to today. I don't understand. Anyway. Sorry, you can read into that what you want to. All righty. I'm going to read verse 11 through 24, but I want you to know what it says at the end of verse 10. God says to them, you have not obeyed. In the CSB translation, it says you have not obeyed me. But the literal translation, which goes along with the fact that God said it, he says, you have not obeyed my voice. Got to listen to what God says. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came. He sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. He said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's family, but I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Then he said to him, if I found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I'll stay until you return. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat, and unleavened bread from a half bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on this stone, and pour the broth on it. So he did that. The angel of the Lord extended the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire came up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon realized that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Oh no, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace to you. Don't be afraid for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. Yahweh Shalom. There you go. Uh, it is still in Ophrah of the Abiezrites today. Pray with me. God, today I just thank you for your word. And I thank you, God, that you have spoken. You've given it, given it to us written and you've given it to us living. God, let us hear you today. God, let me hear you today. God, let me share 
God, what, what, what we are to understand. But yet, God, I just pray that we'd hear from you. God, that we'd pay attention. Uh, God, as, as we are told in this text, God, we want to obey your voice. So, God, speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. A few things. I'm going to give you the three points of the message today because I want you to make sure you get them. Because a lot of times I forget to emphasize. Um, first point, I know you, Gideon. Angel of the Lord shows up and says, I know you. Second point is Gideon saying, I need to know you, Lord. Okay, that's what we're going to see in this passage. And the third point is simply to know peace. To know peace. Alrighty, so as we work through the passage today, there's a few things I want you to realize. I want to point out some things, some thoughts that people have, commentators, those kind of things. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the uh, Beazrite. Alright, so that's just giving us a place and time and, and kind of the, uh, a, a historical point. But the thing, most important thing in this is, is that it says the angel of the Lord. Lots of questions about the angel of the Lord. Some scholars say if you see a direct article in front of angel of the Lord, that, that is, that's Jesus pre-incarnate. Jesus showed up there. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Just personally, I like to think it was Jesus under the oak tree. Showed up to talk to Gideon, right? I think that's just the coolest thing. Now, sometimes you just see angels. But here's something I want to point out in that. Gideon says back to the angel of the Lord, please, my, well, uh, here's the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you. How does Gideon interpret that all of a sudden? Right? How, how, how's Gideon going to see that? The Lord is with you. Uh, you. Right? I'm just saying. Then Gideon says, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, uh, all right, so he, he, he's kind of he's said something that the angel of the Lord didn't say. What did the angel of the Lord say? The angel of the Lord said, the Lord is with you. Gideon, wait a minute, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Why are we in this bondage and this oppression to the Midianites? Uh, our ancestors tell us all about the wonders that God did coming out of Egypt and all that sort of thing. So I want you, I want to point out sort of the context of, of the angel of the Lord showing up there and, and saying, I know you, Gideon. I know you. See? Because it says the, the angel of the Lord sat under the oak that was in Ophrah. Okay, so, so we know the land, we know the clan, we know the, the place that he's at. Uh, Joash's son, Gideon, and he, he calls himself the least, the weakest, the youngest, whatever. Uh, Gideon's there threshing wheat in the wine press because the Midianites, anytime they see a flock or they see harvesting or whatever, the Midianites run in in, 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 in groups and, and steal everything, right? So he's hiding in a wine press. It's hard to do, for one thing, because the idea of, of threshing wheat in that day was to throw it up and let the wind carry the, the, the chaff away, the chaff, and, and, and just the, the grain would fall back down. So he's inside doing it. So that makes it all harder and all this sort of thing. But look at verse 12. It says, then, then. All right, so this is a passage of time. Uh, the angel of the Lord is sitting under the oak tree. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, I don't know how that works. I mean, the angel's there, and then all of a sudden, Gideon goes, oh, where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Right? But he says this, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Listen to what God is saying to Gideon right there. 
God's calling him, giving him identity. Valiant warrior. We're going to get down to the point where we, we see what, what Gideon thinks of himself. My family's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's family. There's nothing valiant about me. There's nothing warrior. I'm hiding in a wine press. How is that a warrior? Here you go. God knows you. See, you can be God's child and God knows you. But guess what? God knows every person on the face of the earth, both past, present, and future, and he knows them completely, whether they love him or not. God knows you. God knows everything about you. You can't hide in a wine press. God knows everything, every thought of your heart. God knows you. What is it God wants to affirm in you? What does God know about you that you haven't even discovered about yourself? Right? What is it God has placed in you by his own spirit, by his own gifting, by, by pouring talent into you that he knows he wants for you to accomplish for his kingdom's sake, but you haven't discovered it in yourself? You see? I, I've said before from this particular pulpit that everything the body of Christ needs is right here. Every person, every gift, every talent is right here. Right? Problem is people aren't using what God's given them. Okay? Gideon says, you know, he, he has some doubt. Why does Gideon doubt this obvious supernatural God, divine manifestation before him. Why is there doubt? Because he doesn't know him. Uh, if, you, if you're reading along with us uh, and you get a little farther in chapter 6, you're going to see that there is a, a great altar temple to Baal with an Asherah pole that, that it seems that Gideon's father, Joash, is sort of a, a, a priest or caretaker of, of this, this Baal worship place there among the Abiezrites. So, so, so Gideon is not familiar with the angel of the Lord. I know him. His family worships Baal. You know, they all get dressed up on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock to go down to the Baal worship center. I don't know what it looks like. I'm just telling you, he's not familiar here you go. You know why a lot of people don't know who they are in Christ? Because they don't spend enough time getting to know God. They don't spend enough time in His presence, in His Word, in prayer, on their knees. They're too distracted and, and, and encumbered by the culture or the news or dare I say the politics or the... Ah! Sorry, that's, it's not in my notes, but it came out. Gideon is, is, is this young man who is serving his family by threshing the, 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 the grain, he's, the wheat. He's, he's serving his community by helping provide for and all that sort of thing. And, and he's not, he's not thick-headed because he's hiding because he knows the threat of the Midianites. 
You see? And so, so you've got this, 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 this picture of who Gideon is as part of the, the family of Joash, but Joash is this leader of this sort of Baal worship place. And so this angel of the Lord shows up and says, I know you, Gideon. And, and I love this. He says, go in the strength you have. It doesn't say go in the strength I'm going to give you. Because God has already placed in him a strength for his kingdom. Folks, in this room, there is so much that God has placed in us for his kingdom's sake. Mm. I've been preaching this to me all week. So I'm just giving it back to you, all right? Go in the strength you have and deliver deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian, I am sending you. Got a commission now. Where's God sending you? Okay. There's your challenge. God shows up, says, I know you. Our response has got to be, God, I need to know you better. I need to know you more. I need to know you, Lord. Why? Why do we need to know God more? Because in knowing God, we get a better understanding of who we are. It it, it shines a light into us to understand who we are. Now, we're not God. I'm not that. Anyway, there are people who think, oh, yes, because God breathed into us, we're some kind of little piece of God. No, I am fallen, broken, and the, the very best I have to offer God is just filthy rags. Okay, And yet God redeemed me. God picked me up. God has a plan and a purpose for my life in him. But because Gideon doesn't know God, Gideon has doubt. Gideon has a lack of faith. So, so I started, all right, so a couple weeks ago, you know, we were reading through and we're doing the, the meeting uh, uh, Nick and John and Jordan and Kyle and myself and I walk in the room. They're doing a podcast, y'all, that, that launches on Fridays. I don't know if y'all have watched. It's called Walking Together, right? You can get it at, I think it's on Spotify. It's on the webpage. It's on the app. Um, yeah. They keep asking me to sit in on it. I have refused. But they'll ask me questions that they're going to talk about, right? So I walk into the, to the, the group one day and they go, how do you feel about Gideon asking for a sign or putting out a fleece? My initial reaction to that every time for many years has been, Jesus said this corrupt generation looks for a sign. See, in Christ, walking with God, I don't need God to show me a sign. I trust Him. I trust what He's doing. Every time I open my eyes, that's a sign from God that He's still there because I'm alive. Okay? I don't need to ask God to prove Himself. There's a great debate over this little passage about the fleeces. Was Gideon sinful? Gideon didn't know God. Gideon doubted. Even in this passage when he says, well, don't leave until I bring you a gift. Don't leave. Look at this gift. This is a big deal, y'all. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat. 
and unleavened bread from a half bushel. A half bushel of flour, 22 liters. This was one, he brought this back in a wagon, y'all. Puts it on this stone, and, and you'll, you'll listen to, to people trying to explain this. Well, it was a particular kind of stone that sitting in the sun, it got really hot during the day. So that, so that at the point that Gideon put this food on the stone, the, the stone was so hot, it just, it just uh, uh, combusted all on its own. That's not what it says. What it says is, the angel of the Lord extended the tip of his staff that was in his hand, touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire came up and, and, and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread and poof, the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Let me tell you something. You want to know what this was about? Look at Gideon's reaction. Just look at... Then Gideon realized that he was the angel of the Lord. He said, oh no, Lord God. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He knew... He'd had an encounter with God. I will go back and say this, this, this word angel right here is not the same word that, that, that they used in, in Hebrew for, for winged creatures. This, this word for angel simply means messenger. The messenger of God. Man, Gideon realized he had been in the presence of God. And the Lord spoke to him. All right, so the angel of the Lord has vanished now. But God speaks to him and says, Peace to you. Don't be afraid, for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it Yahweh Shalom. God knows you. I think it's pretty safe to say we all need to know God more and better and closer and more intimately because it's in knowing God that God shines by His Spirit, by the fire of His Spirit to give us identity. Not in us, but to give us identity in who He is. You see, we've got a world running around trying, oh, I don't know what I am. You know, they're drawing their identity from the, from the affirmation of culture. They're, 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 they're drawing their identity from, from whatever cliquish group they, they find some sort of uh, commonality with. They're not willing to find their identity from who God says they are. Man, love to be Gideon. Valiant warrior. And I'm the Baby of the family, least tribe, I'm nothing, and hmm, this guy just called me a valiant warrior. How about that? You see that? Folks, let God speak into your life. Get into his word. Understand what he has said to us. Let him give you an identity that is victorious in this life over this, this, this conflict and confusion. Man, people are worried. Worried, worried, worried. Yes, there are bad things going on. Man, there, there's confusion, there's conflict, 
There's a war going on. And yes, I know there's a war going on. There's all kind of bad things going on. Pray about all of them. Okay? Uh, maybe, and, and this question came up this week even. Maybe, maybe if, if you feel particularly convicted about praying for anything, whether it's, I don't know, the war, yeah. Maybe politics, yeah. Maybe, maybe hurt people, yeah. If you feel particularly led to pray about it, start a prayer group. Pray. Pray. Okay? Can I just tell you something? And this is, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm sort of like Gideon. I'm a clown and I know it. But here you go. Pray before you preach. Okay? A lot of folks like to get out in our communities and in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces and just start preaching. Pray before you preach. Your preaching will end up sounding more like Jesus. Okay? God's called you. He knows you. He's given you identity in Him. Now live it, okay? Live it. All right? Pray with me. God, thank You. Thank You for Your Word and and God for what You've said in Your Word. Not just today, not just in, in Judges, not just in Joshua last week or Samuel next week. God, Your whole Word, You have spoken. God, it, it, it becomes... Uh, necessary for us to listen but as we listen we pay attention and God we obey God as we said a few weeks ago I just want to please you God God let us want our lives our choices our actions our attitudes to be pleasing in your sight the very meditation of our hearts. God, I thank you for the morning. God, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus first, foremost, in, every, in everything. God, we just pray that we get to introduce people to Jesus. Second thing, there might be Christians here that, that, that the world is, is such, a, such a hard place to live that they're distracted or, or get caught up in some kind of sin. I just pray, God, that you just draw us closer to you. God, and reveal those things. Maybe, God, and I know I've talked to several, several folks this week that want to be a part of this gathering family membership and, and, and all that. And that's fine, God. I just pray that we would do and obey. God, we'd be who you called us to be. And for those who want to be a part of this congregation, I just thank you for them. Pray, God, that we'll just acknowledge that, that, that we want to be a part of, of what you're doing in your kingdom. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.